What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Nicholas Holt and the movie Nomadland. But first, let's talk about the career of actor Nicholas Holt, who I am a big fan of and I think is super underrated. Holt began his career as a kid actor, most famously in the film About a Boy. This is one of my all-time favorite films. This film stars Holt along with Hugh Grant, Rachel Weisz, Tony Collette. This film is super rewatchable. It should have won Oscars. Hugh Grant should have won an Oscar for this film. If you have not seen About a Boy, I highly recommend it. And then after starring in About a Boy as a kid, Nicholas Holt makes a name for himself once again as the star of the edgy British teen series Skins. And he's not the only movie star to come from that show. Daniel Kaluuya, who has been Oscar nominated, came from that show. And Dev Patel, who has been Oscar nominated came from that show. So a lot of big names have come from that show and they are three of the biggest actors working today. I mean, all three, Holt, Patel, and Kaluuya are bona fide movie stars. The first film that made people look at Nicholas Holt as a legitimate actor is Tom Ford's A Single Man. This is a film that stars Colin Firth. He went on to get Oscar nominated for this film. A lot of people feel like Colin Firth should have won the Oscar for this movie instead of the one he did win the Oscar for, which is The King's Speech. And I absolutely like A Single Man better than I like The King's Speech. And while Nicholas Holt has a small role in this film, it is super pivotal, and you just watch him and you think, wow, this guy is super interesting. And then not long after that, Holt stars in a string of big blockbusters. He starred in four X-Men films where he played Beast with James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, and Jennifer Lawrence. Jack the Giant Slayer with Ewan McGregor and Stanley Tucci and Mad Max Fury Road with Charlie Theron and Tom Hardy. Not all of these movies are massive hits. Like the particulars of that list that I love are X-Men Days of Future Past. I think it's one of the best superhero movies of all time and I think Nicholas Holt is really good in that film along with McAvoy, Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence. I love Days of Future Past. Again, I think it is a top five superhero film. And then you have Mad Max Fury Road, which a lot of people feel like Nicholas Holt stole that movie. Now, Jack the Giant Slayer is not a very good film, but Nicholas Holt is really good in that, and it's really the only blockbuster he's been the lead of. That's what's interesting about Nicholas Holt in his blockbuster days. He wasn't that recognizable face. I mean, Tom Hardy was Mad Max. Nicholas Holt is not the star of that film. He just gave a scene-stealing performance in that movie, and even in those X-Men films, he's not the lead of those movies. Those other three names were the bigger movie stars, yet a lot of people have seen Nicholas Holt movies and don't quite recognize Nicholas Holt as a movie star. And the biggest reason that is is because he's not the lead of any of those films, and that's why it's interesting to note he was the runner-up for Batman. Robert Pattinson was recently cast as Batman, and it was announced that Nicholas Holt was the runner-up, that we were this close to Nicholas Holt being the lead of a major franchise, and that's why I don't think he's quite a household name because even though he starred in those blockbuster films, he is not the lead of any of them except for Jack the Giant Slayer, which again was not a huge success. And even the films he is the lead of do not become massive hits. I mean, Warm Bodies is like a cult film that a lot of people like. I think Nicholas Holt is really good in that film. Teresa Palmer is really good in that film. Dave Franco was in that movie. That's a nice zombie.
zombie apocalyptic movie, but it's not like it was a massive success. Yes, that movie made some money. I think it made over like 80 million at the box office, but people don't talk about warm bodies all the time. Not everyone has seen that film. And in recent years, he starred in two biopics about two famous authors. First, he played J.D. Salinger in Rebel in the Rye, a film that I really liked, and Tolkien, where he played J.R. Tolkien, the guy who wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings books. I probably like both of those films more than most people. And listen, I understand those films are not very good, but Nicholas Holt is dynamite in both of those films. With Rebel in the Rye, I thought he was really interesting as J.D. Salinger. He really carries that film. And then in Tolkien, I've said this before and I'll say it again, if you like Dead Poet Society, you will like the film Tolkien. It is so good. Nicholas Holt is so good in it and so is Lily Collins. I definitely recommend you check out Tolkien. And then we get to the last few years of Nicholas Holt's career and this is where he has become really interesting and one of the best actors working today because I think he's realized like Robert Pattinson that it doesn't matter if Nicholas Holt is the lead in a bad movie. It is better for Nicholas Holt to be the most interesting thing in a really good film and that really started with The Favorite. That was a film that was an Oscar contender. The three actresses were all nominated for Oscars. Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, and the eventual winner, Olivia Colman. Nicholas Holt really does steal this film. It is such a good performance by Nicholas Holt. He's not the lead in this movie, but he's so good in the film, and it shows what he's about to become. I think Nicholas Holt has become one of the best supporting actors working today. Look at the run of these films he's been in. The Favorite, The Current War, where he played Nikola Tesla. True History of the Kelly Gang, where he plays a villain. The Banker with Samuel L. Jackson and Anthony Mackie. I mean, he is working with some of the best actors working today, giving some of the best supporting performances in movies the past five years. He's just super interesting. He's never the lead of these movies, but he's so captivating, and you want more of him in these films. Also, this past year, he became the co-lead of a hit television series, The Great with Elle Fanning, and I think it continues his track of playing evil, sinister characters. He's done it in The Favorite. He did it in True History of the Kelly Gang. He's so good at playing evil, sinister characters, and he somehow gets you to like these characters. That's the biggest strength of Nicholas Holt. He can be doing despicable things to characters that you really love, but you end up rooting for his character somehow, and I think that's so hard to do to play somebody so despicable, yet somehow get the audience to root for you. And that's what I think Nicholas Holt does time after time again. He even did it in that show Skins where he was a teen. He played this guy, Tony, who was despicable at times, yet somehow you care about him on a human level. That's what makes Nicholas Holt a movie star in my eyes. He can play these unlikable characters and get you to root for him. That's what movie stars do. It's also interesting to note that Nicholas Holt has done some of his best work working with screenwriter Tony McNamara. McNamara co-wrote the film The Favorite, and he is the creator and writer of The Great. He gets the best out of Nicholas Holt, and I think that actor-screenwriter partnership is not something you see a lot of, and it reminds me of Ryan Reynolds forming a partnership with screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick. Reynolds has worked with them on four films, the two Deadpool films, the sci-fi film Life, and the action-packed Michael Bay film Six Underground, and it seems like Nicholas Holt is forming that kind of partnership with Tony Magmare, who is getting the best comedic work out of Holt, who in both The Favorite and The Great 
are playing characters you despise, but he's so ridiculously fun that he makes you care for them. Upcoming projects for Nicholas Holt include Season 2 of The Great, which I cannot wait for, and the film Those Who Wish Me Dead, written and directed by Tyler Sheridan and co-starring Angelina Jolie. Here are all the performances of Nicholas Holt you need to see if you want to admire the work of one of the best actors working today about a boy, Skins, a single man, X-Men First Class, Warm Bodies, X-Men Days of Future Past, Mad Max Fury Road, Rebel in the Ride, The Current War, The Favorite, Tolkien, True History of the Kelly Gang, The Banker, and The Great. And as much as I love all those performances by Holt, I still think the best is yet to come. Nicholas Holt is one of those actors you need to pay attention to moving forward. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Nomadland. Here's a quick synopsis. After losing both her husband and job, Fanny decides to live the life of a nomad, going from job to job, relying on others, driving through the country, and sleeping in her van. This film has so much hype around it. Right now, it is the prohibitive favorite to take home the best picture at the Oscars. Whether or not that will play itself out, I have no idea. But I had a lot of expectations about this film, and for the most part, I think it lived up to that hype. I don't think it is the perfect movie. I don't think it is the best film of 2020, but it is a really good to great film, and the one of the biggest reasons why is the star of the film, Frances McDormand, once again gives an unreal performance. She's one of those rare actors who can both be deadly serious while also being funny at times. Already, she's a two-time Oscar winner for her performances in Fargo and Free Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. McDormand is likely to once again get nominated and could potentially win her third Oscar. She's kind of one of those actresses you go and see and she is the movie. Like this movie is Frances McDormand. It's a pretty good plot. It's pretty interesting but the best thing about it is Frances McDormand. I felt the same way about Free Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I loved everyone in that film. Sam Rockwell deserved that Oscar. Woody Harrelson's great in that but when I think about that movie, I think about Frances McDormand. When I think about Fargo, I think about Frances McDormand. She's one of those few people that when you think about her films, she's the number one thing you think about when you think about those films. And if you think her 2020 was great, her 2021 could be even better. McDormand's next films are an adaptation of Macbeth, directed by her husband Joel Cohen, in his first film without his brother Ethan, and co-starring the one and only Denzel Washington. And then she also is going to star in the friend Dispatch, directed by Wes Anderson, co-starring Bill Murray, Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Tilda Swinton, and Owen Wilson. This might be the biggest moment of Frances McDormand's career, and that's really interesting to say out loud because she's already, like I said before, a two-time Oscar winner. There could be more Oscars in her future. I'm going to take this moment and talk about another actor who appears in Nomadland who has had a fantastic career, David Strathairn. He is one of my favorite actors and his career is amazing. He's appeared in big time movies like Eight Men Out, A League of Their Own, The Firm, LA Confidential, Good Night and Good Luck, where he played Edward R. Murrow and got nominated for an Oscar. If you have not seen Good Night and Good Luck, it is one of the best modern black and white films you will ever see. It is that good of a film. It was directed by George Clooney and David Strathairn is straight fire in this film. And oh by 
by the way, he also appeared in two Jason Bourne films. This guy's career is amazing. And Strathairn, although has a small role in Nomadland, I think it's a meaningful role. He has really good chemistry with McDormand. And I could see Strathairn getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. I think that could be a surprise nomination for the Oscars. Strathairn's next film that's coming out in 2021 will be Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, where Strathairn will co-star with Kate Blanchett, Bradley Cooper, and Rooney Mara. It is one of my most highly anticipated film. I mean, Del Toro is coming off Shape of Water, where he won Best Director at the Oscars, so that's a film to keep an eye on. And now, the director of Nomadland is Chloe Zhao, who is a rising star, and right now, she is the favorite to win the Best Director Oscar. In her next movie, this is interesting to point out, is a Marvel film called The Eternals. Now, this is an interesting thing that's happening with movies lately. These indie filmmakers are having huge amounts of success, and then Marvel is coming in and offering them a franchise of their own, taking them away from small independent films. Here's the list of indie filmmakers that Marvel has hired recently. Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who directed Captain Marvel, Destin Daniel Cretton, who's directing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Nia DaCosta, and Captain Marvel 2. I mean, those filmmakers are known for their independent films and it angers a lot of film fans that these filmmakers are being taken away from these small indies and are now directing big blockbusters because the idea is anybody can direct a big blockbuster. And overall this strategy from Marvel has been a bit of a hit and a miss. The biggest hit has been Taika Waititi this guy who of course was known for smaller films and then he directs Thor Ragnarok and he makes that film wholly his own is his own vision. He's the only person on Earth who could have directed Thor Ragnarok. But then maybe the biggest miss is Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck with Captain Marvel. These are filmmakers that directed such great films like Half Nelson where Ryan Gosling got nominated for an Oscar. And they also directed the film Mississippi Grind which features phenomenal performances from Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds. And the Marvel film that they did direct was Captain Marvel which is extremely flawed and anybody could have directed that film. That is a film that did not need those special talents directing it. That's the argument, and I can see both sides of it. I can see both sides of the argument. I could see why it makes sense for Taika Waititi to go on and direct Marvel and Star Wars movies, and I can see why Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck should not be directing Captain Marvel. I think it's a case-by-case argument. It's why in recent weeks, people have gotten really mad when it was announced that Barry Jenkins, the man who's directed Oscar film Moonlight, and If Beale Street Could Talk is now going to direct The Lion King 2. It just doesn't make sense, and we understand why a filmmaker would want to work for a bigger studio instead of make small indies. Of course, he's going to cash in and get a lot of money for making Lion King 2, but most people want more films like If Beale Street Could Talk, and not more films like the live-action Lion King. That's just the biggest argument. There's a business argument, and then there's a film argument. I think it's better for the future of films for filmmakers like Barry Jenkins to make wholly original films. There's also cases when it went on to hurt the career of the filmmaker. Josh Trank, he directed an independent film that was so good and then he went on to direct a massive studio film in Fantastic Four and it blew up in his face. So yeah, right now Chloe Zhao is the talk of the town. She's come up with this small indie type film in Nomadland. Everyone's talking about it. It might go on to win the best picture 
Oscar. But what happens, and this is a what if, what if Eternals is a really bad movie and it's her most seen movie and all we think about is how bad Eternals is? What happens to Chloe Zhao's career? Now again, Eternals might be a great film. It might be a film worthy of Chloe Zhao directing it. It just seems like a little bit of a weird thing where we're just getting to know this filmmaker and her next film is going to be a massive Marvel film. It's just really weird where we are with directors. It's like they direct one film and then they go on to direct a massive studio film. Like there needs to be maybe some more films in between. Like I said, right now, Chloe Zhao is the favorite to win the Best Director Oscar at the Academy Awards. And I want to list who I think else should be nominated for the Best Director Oscars. David Fincher for Mank. I think that's worthy. I think that's one of the best films. Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried. You know how I feel about Mank. I talked about it on a previous podcast. You should check that out. Regina King for One Night in Miami. That's a film that's all about the dialogue, yet it's her first film that she's directed. She's definitely worthy of a Best Director nomination. Spike Lee for Defy Bloods. This is the one that I want to happen that I don't honestly know if it's going to. I think Defy Bloods has become super underrated when we talk about the best films of this year. I think it is the best film of 2020. And then Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. She's going to get nominated. She's the prohibitive favorite. And then here's the last person that should be nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. Shaka King for Judas and the Black Messiah. Nobody knew who this guy was before this movie. This movie is phenomenal and this guy is definitely worthy of a Best Director nomination at the Oscars. Those are the five people I think should be nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. I'm not sure if it's all going to play out like that. I think David Fincher is definitely going to get nominated and I think Chloe Zhao is definitely going to get nominated. The rest of them, there is a bit of a huge question mark. Getting back to Nomadland, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, there's a lot of hype around this movie and while for some of it, it didn't live up to that hype, the thing that I found most special about this film were the moments where the fanny played by Frances McDormand is conflicted by her lifestyle and how it's affecting her personal life. The scene with Fanny played by Frances McDormand and her sister is the best scene in the movie where her sister says to her, I basically don't know where you are anymore. I feel like we have a lost connection and that's the cost of this nomadic lifestyle. Yes, Frances McDormand is still in tune with the earth and she's living her best life and you, the movie makes the case that this is a worthy lifestyle to live for, but think Think about what else she is sacrificing. She is basically sacrificing the relationship with her sister. I think that's one of the most more interesting things about this film is that she almost loses her connection to individuals. She has connections with the other nomads that she's living with, but she has very few one-on-one personal connections to any human being on Earth at that moment in this film. And that's so interesting. I think that's such an interesting idea that the film delves into is that she She's basically lost that connection with her sister, not because her lifestyle is not right, but because her sister and her sister's husband don't understand her lifestyle. They don't understand why she doesn't have a normal nine to five job. They don't understand why she lives in a house. They don't understand her lifestyle, so they can't connect with her as a human being. That is the most interesting thing this movie delves into, and I think this movie should have focused on that more. Like with the David Strathairn character, he wants 
wants to have a relationship with the Fanny character, but she doesn't want to move in with him because she wants to live that nomadic lifestyle. And while that lifestyle might be the right choice, it's coming with huge amount of sacrifices for the Fanny character. And while Nomadland is personally not my favorite film of this past year, I can see why it's critically beloved. It's got a movie star giving an unbelievable performance that's not showy at all. It's grounded in reality. Also, the film is visually stunning. I definitely recommend you check out Nomadland. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the career of actor Nicholas Holt and the movie Nomadland. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the career of actress Rosario Dawson and the movie's Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, starring Christian Wiig, Annie Mumolo, and Jamie Dornan. And I Care A Lot, starring Rosamund Pike. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.